Welcome to season two of the Joy of Learning podcast. We are at a critical moment in our nation. With COVID-19 cases increasing, there are challenges Americans are facing every day. These challenges range from hospitalization of loved ones to political uncertainty, unemployment, workforce shifts, and schools and daycares closing, and so much more. This is certainly difficult. With this season, I hope to shine moments of joy to assist you in navigating the unfamiliar territory of 2020 into 2021. In this season, you will gain insight on workforce development, the importance of technical skills and soft skills, motherhood and work, mentorship and coaching, advocating for health education, and so much more. Not to mention the daily check-ins with educators. Stay tuned and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you stream your podcasts. As the director of the Center for Career Development at Franklin University, Cindy Freeman brings extensive experience in higher education and workforce development. She has more than 20 years of experience at The Ohio State University and The Pennsylvania State University. Her expertise includes career exploration, crafting resumes and cover letters, strategic job search, interview preparation, and coaching. She has an extraordinary understanding of higher education and employment issues for new graduates, young professional clients, racially and ethnically underrepresented, differently abled career transitions, and those seeking to re-enter the workforce. She lives vicariously through the success of those she has worked for and with. Well, welcome to the Joy of Learning podcast. I am so excited to have Ms. Cindy Freeman here with us. And Ms. Cindy Freeman, what she does right now, she works as the director, director of, of the Center for Career Development at Franklin University. And the work that she does is incredible. She also works with adult learners. And so, of course, this ties into what's taking place today, especially as it relates to COVID-19 and how it is shifting or changing the workforce in some shape or form. We know that there are many people who are still unemployed. And so with that unemployment, we're, there's ways that maybe we're trying to figure out how to navigate. So first of all, how are you doing, Ms. Freeman? I'm good. I perform very well in captivity. Okay. <laughs> so things are going well. Okay. And so what, what do you mean by captivity? Well, since, since March, um, we moved home and working remotely. So in working in this remote environment, it calls upon a whole different skill set and figuring out how to serve the needs of our students and our alumni in a remote way with no face-to-face -face interactions. But I think we figured out ways to use the virtual forums in ways that meet those needs and potentially exceed them. Yes, wow. And that would be great to share because many people are trying to figure that out, right? So a lot okay. of times, a lot of times, at least some of the language that I've have heard is, hey, this doesn't work. There's no way to make this work, right? But the fact that you are working your way, uh, or at least at Franklin University, you, there's a culture of working through this. And not right. saying it just well, doesn't but I, I'll have to, Joy, I'd have to go back and rest upon, Franklin University was developed for adult learners who needed new skills in a workplace. 
That's the history of Franklin. So in adapting to a virtual environment, 85% of our students were 100% online before COVID. So okay. we only had to move 15% online. So we were well-skilled in learning management systems and how faculty can teach online and how to meet needs of students online. All we had to do in career development was to adapt to those environments. So we started right away. And so we talk about adult learners, but one of the things about being an adult learner is adult learners are intentional in their learning. Mm, yes. There is a rhyme, there is a reason, and it matters. Hmm. So when adult learner looks at curriculum, it's a means to their end. So the very idea that they can access something like, oh my gosh, I'm currently underemployed because of what's going on. Yes. There's an opportunity within my organization to move up. I need assistance with a resume. I need assistance with a cover letter. Can somebody help me with interviewing? We were able to adapt to what we've been doing before and do that via phone or Teams or Zoom or even in recordings that they can access at their, at their leisure. Okay. So I think that that intentionality of learning hmm. to gain what you need, the knowledge, skills, and abilities you need yes. to move forward in your career pathway is really what we focus on. Wow. But I think one of the things is, and this might stray a little bit, but even prior to COVID hitting us like a ton of bricks, mm -hmm. we were in the middle of a reskilling global crisis. Hmm. Okay. Could you so tell if us you think about what's going on across the planet, by 2022, there's going to be 133 million new jobs. Hmm. But okay. these are new jobs with new skills and new abilities that you might not have. So when you think about this reskilling, if we go 2025, about 50% of the workforce in the world is going to have to reskill. Wow. So adult learners who are currently in that place and in that time to think what comes next, are in the right place. Hmm. And I think the evidence of this is everything you see about micro-credentialing and badging. Yes. Like, yes. this is how this makes sense, people. This isn't just a little cute thing to attach to your social media. Hmm. This is documentation that you have developed a skill set that's been validated to move forward. These are the things by which business is going to spin. So when you look at education, if education is putting itself in the right place, while you're gaining those academic credentials, you're gaining badges as well. Hmm. So that's what we want to think when we think about the workforce and where we're going. I mean, where we're at right now, you've got to have the tools. Yes. You've got to understand the rules. Yes. You've got to figure out what the norms are and you have to be resilient. So, I, I mean, I'm thinking about, of course, we see all these companies coming out with the badges and the certifications. Right. Now, is that something that, again, adult learners, but even young learners should be looking toward? Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of shifts you're seeing. I mean, we've both spent some time in traditional um, undergraduate and graduate education. Yes. There are a lot of folks that didn't quite make that trek to live on campus this year. Yes. There are students who would first year students that mom and dad says, you know what, junior, you stand right here. Yes. The other yes. thing is, is people are really looking at the current economic system and what's going on, and they're taking a deep breath. And I know you love English, daughter. Yes. But what are you going to do with that English? Yes. Then the conversation becomes, what about being a technical communicator? What about being a marketing communications professional? Degrees that are really going to fit into a job. 
because people really see this need for, you know, I've been laid off two times during this. I've been downsized. I'm making 60% of what I made before. Son, we're going to send you to college, but Lord, do something where you can get a job. Hmm. But I think we're also seeing a twist when we look at some of those younger folks and what they're looking at in the world. They're not looking for a place they're going to go work for 20 years. That's not their world. They are perfectly groovy, cool with a contract job where they make lots of money and they get to change all the time. Yes. So they need to be prepared <laughs> with ready skills that fit and they're ready to go. They have no issue whatsoever to say, I'm going to work for 16 months for company X and then I'm going to go work for company Y and then I'm going to take six months off because I can. Hmm. Yes. I, I mean, I, I'm, my mindset is very much different than that of when I think about the prior generation where it was, hey, you're committed to this company for 20, right. 30 years. Here's your pension. Here's your retirement. Um, and, and that's it. And right. no, that's, it's a very different dynamic, especially mm -hmm. for uh, the millennial generation and the generation that's coming right after. So you right. really... But I do think it goes back to that intentional learning. What is it you want to learn and why and what do you want to apply it to? Um, you know, I'm thinking of things, for example, um, at Franklin, we're working on a new career pathway um, in cybersecurity. Now, we have cybersecurity as a bachelor's degree, and we have it as a, master's a master's degree. Mm -hmm. The interesting new twist is traditional K through 12 education, connecting with a community college where you get someone in high school that does a pre-apprenticeship, moves into a state-approved funded apprenticeship program yeah. while they're going to school and working for an employer mm -hmm. to bridge them into that new career pathway. Yes. Well, yes. cybersecurity is everything. Yes, you know, every part of our world. And so a kid that loves video gaming mm -hmm. is seeing an opportunity to game in the real world. Yes. So yes. it's a whole different flip of what you need to do and how to do it. Yes. And even as I, uh, for me, I, for, as a teacher and being in the classroom and also um, working with a broad range um, of colleagues that come from different generations, I see there's different mindsets. Oh, but yeah. I also see that, hey, there has to be some sort of shift, even in how we um, share with our students and, and talk with them and say, hey, what does the future outlook look like? You know, a lot of times mm -hmm. we push college, 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 college right? This is the path. You're four years and you move in that direction. I think this, this, this generation already knows without a teacher that there are multiple options for them. And therefore their path is not just going to be one way. Right. And well, so, and I think it, I mean, it's three to five careers over your lifetime now. Okay. Three, three to, five. to five jobs, three to five career pathways. I mean, you know me well enough to know I started in student affairs residence life at a university. Yes. I moved into being a diversity director in an academic college. Yes. I moved to working in a graduate school overseeing recruitment and retention. Then I moved to nonprofit doing workforce development. And now I'm back in a university in career development. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so our pathways are going to change, but each decision informs the next. Yes. Hmm. And that's the thing about intentionality is in learning. Is there that it is. It is Forming, is informing every step along the way. So yeah. when we talk to folks about what it is they want to do and not knowing a pathway, there are lots of folks that are choosing vocation in the trades. Yes. Out of K through 12, which is a fabulous decision. Additionally, you're seeing those folks then down the road, 10 years after or later saying, you know what, I'm going to get that business degree mm -hmm. so I can take care of my pieces parts.
Yes. I need to change up my business. I'm going to take some computer courses to bring this all online, whatever it might be. Those are the kind of opportunities we have to look at and develop and make sure that are visible to all potential learners. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a word. <laughs> that's a word for, for our educators, for myself and more. Okay. Yes. I'm just enjoying as we're talking, right? Because it, it, it puts another, I think it puts another perspective on what's happening currently and what the trends were before it happened. Right? right. So I think for the most part with COVID-19, with COVID-19, pretty much much of what has already been happening just has pushed it forward faster. Would you agree? Well, and, that's, and I, think, I think that's a great lead in because one of the things is, is I've had lots of alums and current students talking about what happened with their work. Hmm. You know, some folks all of a sudden they were sent home, but lots of jobs you couldn't be sent home. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you're out of work. If you work in retail, if you work in hospitality, yes. you know, what am I going to do now? Starting to put together those skill sets to be able to move forward because there were still jobs in those areas. They were just no longer face to face. Yes. Hospitality in a restaurant might have moved completely to supplying meals that are being ordered out of a kitchen and prepared. Yes. But you had to up your skill set to do those things. So I think that every one of the pathways was there. It just got more intense. I mean, people having to prepare for phone interviews and video interviews, it was freakouts across the nation. <laughs> yes. Because companies were still hiring. That was just the format they were using. So I have worked with students who had every part of their interview process online. They didn't report to the facility wow. until the first day they worked there. Wow. 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 Just yes <laughs> just listening just such a shift right mm -hmm. it, it, it's just it's such a shift in mindset right and so right. and you work with those and you work with those adult learners or those learners in the process um do you feel like they became more comfortable as you as you I, I think them? there there are people that all of a sudden it was like that like the fog cleared and they could see everything clearly there were those people like, so there's a young man I'm currently working with. He's in his thirties. He had finished his degree program, but he'd been working in hospitality and he was moving into marketing. And um, he'd sent me his resume. We had lots of conversation about ordering what's there, what's your resume supposed to do. And the first big jump was to understand your resume is not about you. Hmm. It has nothing to do with you. What it has to do with, what can you do for that employer? Mm -hmm. Can you align your knowledge, skills, and abilities with what they're seeking in the posting? Mm -hmm. And then even thinking about how you order things on your resume. So for example, in that case with a big shift, I don't care that you worked at Red Robin. Mm -hmm. I care about your competencies and your proficiencies. Mm -hmm. I care about the badges that you have, mm -hmm. the experiences in my area, then your work experience. Well, he reordered that. Then the next thing we talked about was his LinkedIn profile. What should this look like? What should this say? What should this do? Well, I got an email from him this week saying that he got 157% more views on his LinkedIn profile after he changed it. And he's in the final stages, his final interviews next week for a role he's really interested in. Wonderful. But part of the thing is shifting that education to understand you are now marketing yourself. Hmm. Yep. You're and marketing. so I do think so people do get more comfortable with those pieces, but it's also about understanding things. I mean, we're currently using, working with a state organization here in Ohio um, for virtual job fairs that they're holding every month. But each and every week before that happens, we have to prepare 
our alumni and students to participate in a virtual job fair. It's something you haven't done before. You don't know how to do it. We gain comfort by experience. Hmm. And that's true. That is very true. Hmm. And just the thought of, again, and you see the events. So often you see the events and people share them about virtual job fairs. And for me, it's like a shift in my mind needs to take place because job fairs, typically it was you showing up, you're showing up into this, whether it's a university or whether or not it's a, I don't know, a center in some shape or form. And you're walking around and you're marketing yourself, you're sharing your resume, but now you're reporting from your home possibly right. for, for, for a virtual um, job fair. And it, it's, it's a different experience. But it's advantageous. It's actually better for you than a face-to-face. -face. And how? Well, one of the things is, is virtually, you know which employers are gonna be there prior to the event. Hmm. You know the positions that they have available. You could prepare a customized resume and cover letter for each one before you go to the event. Yep. When you get to the event, they have some kind of overview, some kind of piece, and they usually move you into an appropriate room with that employer. I could go in and say, Ms. Smith, I'm really interested in your role of XYZ. I've done a little research about your company. I'm really interested in blank, blank, and blank. I prepared a cover letter and resume. I'd really like to talk to you more about this position. Hmm. Where you and I both know at a general walk-in, face-to-face job fair, you're competing with 50 people at the table in front of you where you're trying to talk to someone. That doesn't happen in the virtual realm. Hmm. It's right there. Like the opportunity is right there face-to-face -face right. with you. But you have to prepare for it. And I think that's the whole thing. So whether we're talking about um, looking for a job, keeping your job, gaining more education, increasing your skill set, you have to prepare. And I think preparedness is the most important thing in this post-COVID environment. Hmm. Wow. Just what's being shared. This is, I don't know, there's so much. It's like I'm, t I'm taking notes at the same time and listening and I'm like, oh, these are lessons we need to hear. Right, because if we listen, and, and quite frankly, if we're always so engaged with the media, and a lot of times people are engaged with the media, and you just keep listening to some of the messages that are coming out, you would think that there's no opportunity. Mm -hmm. You would think that, hey, there's no shift that could be made, but just listening to just this wisdom that you're sharing, there's opportunity. There's and lots of opportunities, and also understand that there are many employers who this has made their world dreams come through because those employees that they sent remote, they've made decisions. They're never coming back. Hmm. And all of a sudden, somebody that had issues of transportation, for example, hmm. to get back and forth to work in a timely manner, if they have a computer and a setup at home yes. and they can put in their eight hours at home and be productive, they never have to make that trip again. And the employer doesn't have to have all the overhead for all those spaces yep. and all that electricity and all those other pieces. The other thing is initially, you know, all the research said, oh, people will be at home and they won't be working. That's not what the research has shown. People actually work more. And I believe that. <laughs> but it's not always a bad thing, you know. So one of the things that I, I, I kind of think about, like, in my own world. So I'll get up in the morning and before I shower, get ready or any of those kind of things, I'm going to come in and check. Yes. Is there something on fire this morning that I need to know before eight o'clock? So if there's something quick, I might follow up. I might spend 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes taking care of whatever's going on. 
Then I go ahead, you know, shower, get ready, have coffee, have breakfast, and I come back down and I'm ready to go. Um, I rarely take an hour for lunch, and I'm very likely to bring my lunch back to this location and to read something or catch up on something in that time period. The other thing, if you're at home with children, with family, taking mm -hmm. care of a parent, whatever it might be, you're not restricted to an eight to five work time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Within my organization, I know that there are people that are working like six to midnight because that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they can take care of what they need to take care of. You know, they do a little bit in the morning to have meetings or whatever they might need to do, do what they need to do with their family or other things they have to do during the day and work in the evening. This has really revolutionized where, how, and the way that people work. Yes. And it, it, the flexibility, right? It, I, I, for me, I also just sharing, like I am teaching from home right now. Mm -hmm. And so, and I have, I have my students and they're all over Europe or spread out also in the United States or maybe Asia and just working uh, from home. I realized, first of all, I am working more. Right. And I know that, hey, at times when it comes to starting in the morning, most times I'll go downstairs and I'll do a check just like you do. Right. And so it, I mean, it, it, it's a different dynamic. And I think it, at times it can be hard to embrace because people like the nine to five. So some people like that, hey, I'm on a, I'm here on this schedule and this is my schedule and this is how my flow is dictated. But then you have people who can be, but they can still have that. See, that's one of the beautiful things in this environment. If you want to come in at eight o'clock in the morning and knock it out till five and turn everything off and go away, you can still do that. That is true. The thing is, I think that people are gaining greater utility hmm. out of their own lives. But I also think employers are gaining greater utility. Yes. From course. their team. Yes. Okay. And I also know one of the things for me is that I might not have been as willing, like to, like my students, that my students work many of them have more than one job mm -hmm. they might want to talk to me and it's going to be like miss cindy i am so sorry i cannot be there i cannot talk till eight o'clock p.m yes. okay eight o'clock tonight all right i can do that i'll send you a zoom invitation mm -hmm. we might only talk 15 or 20 minutes but it's eight o'clock at night and it's on their time yes. i met their needs and yes. i feel that i've taken care of my obligations so we're good mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we have to think about those things in the environment. I think this also allows us a different level of being responsive to needs yes. that we might not have been in the past. Yes, 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 and more yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, right before, so right before the interview, of course I had the regular, my regular work day, but um, right before the interview, I was sitting down, I heard a quick email come through and I just went over. And so, and I was hearing from a family that moved, transitioned from Europe to the United States. And so, and they were just sharing, hey, we just transitioned. Um, can you excuse or give some extra time for, my, for this student? And so again, there's that flexibility that they have. First of all, they transitioned from Europe to the United States, but they're still enrolled in school, right? They didn't have to stop two weeks early and then go back. They're like, hey, I'm able to at least stay here during this period of time. So meeting needs and meeting people where they are. Well, and I think one of the things about meeting those needs and understanding comes with a balance. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, we, we all need balance, whether or not we realize it. And we need that sort of balance in our lives, whatever it might be. And I, I was teasing with you a little earlier. Yes. Um, we met when you were a student at Penn State, and I used to teach a course in African-American African Studies called Scholarship in the Community. Yes. 
And in that course, they were all first-year students and, and who were receiving a pretty prestigious scholarship. And it was my singular goal that every one of them kept their money. Yes. That was my goal, keep the money. And so in order to do that, I used to do an exercise called 24-7. And in that 24-7, there was 168 hours in a week. Mm. And I would encourage them to create a, a chart in Excel, making sure they'd all learn to use Excel as freshmen. Yes. <laughs> Remember? And to pull that out and be able to look at your life in a 24-7 kind of way in that 168 hours. And how can you capture the time you need and retain the time to have freedom and recreation? Well, within that, that's something we need to think about in these environments as well, that we have to have a power that we give ourselves, a secret power, a superpower, mm. a super secret power yes. to say no. Yes, that say no, that part. Yes. <laughs> because in all this, when we think about um, my students and alumni, they're adult learners. Many of them are managing aging parents, school-aged children. They have a partner. They're working maybe one job, maybe two jobs, and going to school. Mm -hmm. And you want as much to be on your terms as possible, but there are a lot of things that are non-negotiable in your life. Yes. That is so true. you need to figure out what has to happen and what doesn't have to happen. And when you can say yes, mm -hmm. when you can say no, when you can say maybe, and that can also go back to a no. Hmm. Mm, yep. I mean, and that, that's creating those boundaries. <laughs> right. Especially if you're working from home um, and knowing right. uh, what's a go and what's not a go. I have to be honest and share right. that sometimes saying no, it's like, oh man, at times for me, I always feel like, okay, I'm going to receive the negative backlash for creating those boundaries or for saying no. However, you experience, but from what you're sharing, that by saying that, it actually can, could be beneficial. I think it can be highly beneficial mm -hmm. because if we're not overextended, we do a better job with what's on our plate. Yep. I mean, many of us, particularly women, have come through this thing where we think we have to be a juggler of all things. Mm. Yep. And that, multi that multitasking is always good multitasking isn't always good and we're not always the most effective. And so as we look at the time we have to offer and when we're at our personal best, hmm. we're at our personal best when we keep all things in balance and we know how much to, how much to give here and how much to give there. And I often go back, my grandmother was um, a Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. And when I was a child, I used to think there was something wrong with my grandmother uh -huh. because she would always tell me she'd wave her hand and she'd go render under Caesar. What is Caesar's? Hmm. Yeah. I kept wondering who Caesar was. <laughs> you know, who's Caesar? I don't know Caesar. <laughs> yes. So a little later till I figured out it was biblical and then I had it. And so you really have to think about what you're doing and how you're doing it, what matters. In our work, we all give 40 plus hours a week. It's just the way it is. Whether I'm here at these computer screens or I'm processing things in my head. I'm driving the car and I'm putting a message on my phone to remind me to do something when I get back or I'm texting a quick note to somebody from my car in the grocery or in the grocery store, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But we have to think about how much energy we have and what we can expend and how we do the best. And there are things that's perfectly appropriate to say no to. Um, you know, I had a situation today, I was asked to submit something, a nomination for one of my team members for a university award. I got the request today and it was supposed to be done by five o'clock today. Mm -hmm. Now, I would love for this individual to win this award and I think it'd be well-deserved. But in this day, did I have time to properly put together 
a nomination that I would be proud to put forward for this individual? No, I did not. Mm -hmm. And I declined it on those reasons. Mm -hmm. In the next cycle, I'll be ready. Yes. But not today. <laughs> yes. And so we're coming to the latter part of the interview. And so just so much was shared, right? This is good stuff. This is good stuff. And so what are your top three tips for success? Well, I think one of the things is, is that you have to be curious. Okay. Stay mm. curious. The only way that you will continue to learn throughout a lifetime is by being curious. If somebody mentions a piece of computer software and you've never heard those letters before, mm -hmm. take a look at it. What okay. does it mean? What could it do for you? Hmm. Now, you may never use it, but you've added to your knowledge base. So stay curious and keep learning. The next thing is, is that I think you have to continually build and develop new skills for the workforce. Mm -hmm. When there's an opportunity in your workplace to attend a webinar, to attend a training, always do that. Okay. And it's, it's funny, we can say it's cliche, but knowledge is power. Yes. And so the no, more you know, the better off you are. The other thing for success is to trust yourself and trust your gut. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy for us to fupa when somebody says to do something. You know, for example, if I told you, Joy, you are beautiful and you look fabulous today. Your initial response is to say, oh, no, no, mm -hmm. I'm a mess. No. <laughs> Because in our head, we have this disc that more easily fills on the negative. Yes. Like if I told you when you were six years old that you looked weird and your mom dressed you funny, mm -hmm. you remember everything about that day. The sun was shining. There were birds singing. There was a dog in the yard. I had my blue dress on. You remember everything. Mm -hmm. But if I ask you the first time you got an accolade for your intelligence, you have trouble capturing that. So okay. what I want you to think about is when these moments, trust yourself, trust your gut. When you know you've done a good job, I've okay, done a good okay. job. I finished that project. When someone says to you, that was an excellent piece of work you turned in, that little disc in your head, it's not only read only, it's right. Mm -hmm. So you can say to yourself internally, I did a really good on that project. Mm -hmm. It was appreciated. It made a difference in the environment. So if you trust your gut, you yes. stay curious and you continue yes. to learn and you develop new skills, you will never go backwards. You will always be propelled forward. Wow. And with that, I would like to thank you so much, Ms. Freeman, for taking the time to speak um, with the Joy of Learning podcast. I am looking forward to being able to share this um, out and with others. I think they could use this encouragement. And so thank you again. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. And I think from every interaction we learn and grow, and let's just keep doing it. Thank you for listening to our recent episode. I would love to hear feedback from you. You can send an email to info at takejoyandlearning.com. I look forward to hearing from you.